Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by GV Art and Design. Find all the hottest Cleveland sports gear online at GVArt. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by GV Art and Design. Find all the hottest Cleveland sports gear. Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with the Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners on the dial, terrestrial or internet, and our audience is one of the greatest and most receptive audiences in all of radio. The Sports Fix universe is not only listeners of the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Our social media universe expands by the day, all in the prime demographics to help drive your business directly into the winner's circle. Don't take my word for it. The Sports Fix comes with reference upon reference that have done business with us in the past and had some fun along the way. For more information on how we can help you knock your business, event, team, product, or promotion out of the park, email me, Jerry Myers, thesportsfix at AOL.com. That's thesportsfix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park. Advertise your product right here on the Sports Fix. Hey, it's Hugh Hewitt, and when I want to know what's going on with the Cavs, the Browns, and the Tribe, I tune into Sports Fix. Live in Ohio, it's time to get your fix. The Sports Fix. Welcome in, everybody. Yes, it is indeed time to get your fix, and I'll tell you what. What a... Man... We say it every day about a, a jam-packed show, but what a weekend. We have got so much to get into. I'll tell you guys, man, I, I wouldn't blame you if some of you, if you don't have to work today, you're probably a little hungover. May have taken you a bit of adult beverages to get through some of the events of the week. What a weekend it was. People want to know why you say you got to be tough to be from Cleveland, Daddy. I'll tell you what. This weekend was a shining example. But what do you want to do? What are we going to do, guys? Are we going to are we going to sit here and, and preside over a funeral? No. We're not going to sit here and dance a jig. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have some fun, though. Let's lighten it up, baby. Let's kick things off. Welcome in, one and all, to the Sports Fix. I'm your host, the big daddy on the microphone, J-Rock, Jerry Myers. Call me anything you wish. Just call me happy to have you here with us. And I'll tell you what, like I said, it is going to be a jam-packed show today. Of course, we've got the usual lineup of suspects coming on with us today. John McMullen from the Sports Network. He's with us every Monday. We talk about not just what went down with the Browns and whew, 
the Browns. We're going to get to that. Man, I'll tell you what. We're going to get to that. We're not just going to talk about that, though. We'll talk about the entire slate of the NFL, some snowballs around the NFL. I love it. I love snowy winter weather football, baby. And there was a whole lot of that going on this week. And that stuff in Philly was just crazy. We're going to talk to John McMullen from the – he's a Philly guy. Hey, man, so that's hit right up his alley. John McMullen from the Sports Network, he'll be with us. We're going to talk about – the Ohio State Buckeyes, Michigan State Spartans, Big Ten title game, Dan Wismar from the Cleveland fam. He's going to be with us at 1 o'clock. We're going to break it all down with him. We'll talk about the draw as well for the Orange Bowl and Clemson, that stuff, all of that every Monday. We talk to Dan Wismar from the Cleveland fan. He's going to be with us there. Don't forget as well, every Monday, you know what we do? Let's pick it up a bit. Let's pick it up a little bit, fellas. We give away a GV Artwork t-shirt. Of course, you guys know about GV Artwork. It's Christmas time. GV Artwork is the perfect place to get something for somebody else. (laughs) Get it for yourself because they've got some of the best Cleveland sports shirts designs out there. And, of course, don't forget, anytime you get something from GVArtwork.com, use the sales code FIX, automatically save 10% just for letting them know you heard about it listening here on the show. But every Monday, we give one lucky listener the chance to win the shirt of your choice. Go on their website, go to the store, pick out whatever you like. Your choice, courtesy of the Sports Fix. It's the share and win contest. All you have to do is share the show. All week long, we keep track of everybody who tagged us as they told somebody to listen to the show. And today, what we're going to do, sometimes we do it at the beginning of the show. Today, I'm going to draw the winner at the end of the show because I'm going to give everybody listening, especially if you're a new listener right now, the chance to do the same thing and get your name in the hopper that's sitting right here. Every name that's in it right here gets the chance to be drawn. Somebody wins the shirt today. You can get in there. How? All you have to do is what I just said. Right now, tell somebody what you're listening to. Share it. Whether you're listening on the website, on Spreaker, on Mixler, however you're listening to the show, tell somebody else to do it. Tag us so that I can see it here during the show. I'll drop your name in the hopper. Last segment of the show, I'm drawing the winner, and somebody is going to get to pick a T-shirt from GVArtwork.com. So you get crack a on that. I'm going to open up the phone lines, 216-539-7535, Call in on anything and everything that happened this weekend. If you can't get to the phones, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash the sports fix. I've already gotten a t- ton of great comments, not just yesterday, immediately after the game, but this morning as well as I posed some questions on our Facebook pages to people. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. We'll read those on the air as they come in. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. Again, I'll read your tweets live here on the air. You can email us at all times, the sports fix at AOL.com. And remember, your one-stop shop for all things Cleveland sports. If you're listening to the show on all of our various platforms, it's on the sportsfix.net. Noon Eastern, we launched there, but you can not only find us live find all the replays of the show you can find links to every one of our platforms no matter how you listen to the show there's another way to listen there and by the way welcome into those of you listening on digital delay on iHeartRadio and itunes and spreaker and mixler and their mobile applications on stitcher radio and so much more welcome in one and all but the sportsfix.net your one-stop shop for all of that it's got our social media widgets and everything so you know let's talk Let's before we get to the end of the weekend, let's start at the beginning because I was sitting here thinking about this whole weekend and it was a a whole a whole lot that, to digest from what went down this weekend you guys and I said, "You know what? This is this was 72 hours in the life of a Cleveland sports fan, no doubt about it." I mean, it was just a 
microcosm of the up and down and down and down and then up and down and down and the whole cycle that we go through here. Yeah, you notice I threw in just a few more downs than there were ups. But, I mean, think about it, you know. I mean, it was a whole lot going on. You had high school football. You had college football. You had the Browns. You had the Cavs. You had monsters and Vikings and all of this. So Friday night, I mean, we talked about it on Friday as we're wrapping up the show. You know, you kick things off. All right, things looking good. Lake Erie Monsters, Friday night. Colin Smith with a couple of goals. Monsters take care of Hamilton at the queue. Make it two in a row. They win both of those games at the queue. Four to one. Monsters win. I'm like, all right, man, the weekend's getting rolling, you know? All right, here we go. Boom. A little bit later that night, in comes the scores. Glenville, Division Two Finals, smashed. Loveland takes care of business. 41 to 23. Yeah, down goes the good guys. You know, I mean, lo- locally speaking, you know. So, but I mean, it, uh, you know, not that, not that you know, it's it's high school football and it's about the effort. But you know, it was like okay, up balanced with the down, right? But then again, here comes two out of three <laughs> on the wrong side because the Cavaliers game, Cavs. Just as we got done talking on Friday, we're sitting here talking about what the Cavaliers had been doing right and and winning the couple games in a row and going on the road and seeing if they were ready yet to answer the challenge on the road, we found out the answer to that question, and that was a big blaring no. They go down to Atlanta and just get run out of the gym down there. I mean, that game was over before you know it. And not only that, but Kyrie Irving, first time in his career, scores zero points in the game, as you guys know by now, and just a... A bad, bad night on the road for the Cleveland Cavaliers there. So Friday night ends up a little bit in the negative column, right? But that's okay. It's all right. You know, you live to fight another day. You got a big, busy weekend. So you wake up, you get your orange juice, your coffee, you get pumped up because you got a big, big day. Big day, Cleveland, Saturday coming up. You know, of course, going to be capped off at the end of the night by the BCS title game. But early on in the day, you know, you get things rolling. Cleveland State. Cleveland State Vikings, you know, we've been talking about Coach Waters and his team. They're taking on Akron at the Wolstein Center. Of course, Akron, you know what? I remember, too, Friday on the show, as I was previewing the game, I remember looking and seeing my notes, and I had to question myself on the air because it looked like they had taken three weeks off since their last game, of course, talking about Akron, and they did. But, like, on the air, I thought, that can't be right, three weeks? But it really was. It was three weeks since Akron played. They came in well-rested, and it was probably, effort-wise, one of the worst games CSU put has put on so far in this early part of the season. 73-61, they fall to the zips. Definitely not the effort that coach waters wanted out of that game at all you know i mean it was good for akron and christopher duke in the chat room great right there good win for the akron zips absolutely but as far as on the csu vite demetrius treadwell did well too i believe he had 10 rebounds in that game but uh, you know the guys that have been coming up for the vikings don't come up at all you know charlie lee good to see him getting back in there but you know you didn't have the whole the combination of the, you know, Trey Lewis, John Harris, Anton Grady, you know, he had nine points, but he only had one rebound. I mean, something, something's been lacking from Anton lately. I don't know what, you know, it's not exactly clicking, you know, the way, even the first few games, it's kind of dropped off a little bit. We're going to talk more about the Vikings, of course, later this week too. Chris Moore will be with us to really get in depth with it. But, you know, so early, early start today, but on the hoop side, you flip it around. Cavaliers take care of business at home. And again, it's that that Jekyll and Hyde, especially the difference between home and away, because they get they really get taken care of in Atlanta. You know, really, I mean, hand, handily beaten by the Atlanta Hawks. But 
108 was it 108 to 89 was the final score there i mean and they really weren't in it from beginning to end but you come back home and you take on what's arguably a, a better uh, a clippers team and the cavaliers win that game play great defense kyrie irving bounces back with a good game you got your bigs again continuing to come up Verizal looked good again. Bynum continuing to get into it there. Cavaliers, so they bounce back with that. And now, by the way, hey, Cavs have won three of their last four. Tomorrow, you've got the Knicks at the queue where the Cavs play well. You win that one. You know, now it's four or five. That's how you begin to turn around what, you know, started out the way it started out. That's how you do it. You don't win 17 in a row to get yourself up above over 500. I mean, well, you're more than welcome to try, Cavs. Don't think that I'm saying not to, but you don't do it that way. You do it by winning three out of four, winning four out of five, doing that a couple of runs in a row. Next thing you know, you've won 15 of 18, you know, 16 of 20, things like that. You're back up there at 500 and above, and things are looking totally different. You know, I was really... You know, and we'll get more into this later too. But looking at the Cavs' schedule, starting with that Knicks game through the rest, just looking at the end of December, you've got 11 games left on the Cavs' schedule for the end of 2013. And I'm looking at them, looking at home and away, looking at everybody we play. And realistically, I think the Cavaliers can win six or seven at least of those 11. Seven would really be, I think, you go seven and four. If they could go seven and four through the rest of that month, I mean, Think about it. Now you're going into the beginning of the year somewhere around, you know, 14 and 16, 14 and 17, somewhere in that area there. You're closing in on 500. The first of the year takes on a totally different look. You know, you've got some some good games, some definitely some winnable home games in that run of 11 games, but some more challenges on the road, some more opportunity for them to keep because you're going to have to at some point, no matter what, you you know, I guess you you can win them all at home and lose them all on the road and go 500. But you know what I'm saying? At some point, you realistically have to start turning that around on the road. So, you know, they've got some tough ones there. You've got Miami coming up. You've got Indiana at the end of the month. But I do think that six, seven, seven and four out of those 11, I think very realistic for the Cavaliers there. But so, you know, you bounce back up from that, then flipping over, you know, to the, the Buckeyes. And of course, we all, you know, you're, you're 815, everybody's amped and pumped, and, and we're going to really dive into the Buckeyes. So don't think that I'm going to gloss over it here, but I am only because Dan Wismar is going to be with us in a little bit, and we'll really get into the ins and outs, X's and O's, and all of that. But, you know, the Buckeyes fall behind early. And, you know, you're, you know, thinking the thought process going through that, you know, and as I said, I'll get deeper into that, but, you know, you fall down a little bit early and a little bit more then a little bit more all of a sudden, 17, nothing biggest deficit the Buckeyes have had all season. And you're going, what is going on with these guys? They just don't have it going, you know, and, and I, but I was listening to some of it on the radio at the early part of the game. And it was the, what was it? Uh, it was the, uh, it was the Buckeyes feed. It wasn't the CBS feed. It was the Buckeyes feed. And, uh, you know, talking about the calm that was on the sideline. And obviously that showed itself out because, boom, you answer right back. Instantly you turn it around, you, you chip your way back. All of a sudden you get the lead, and it's looking like, okay, bad start. Things have turned around. You've got control of this. And then, boom, that fourth quarter hits. And as we know, it only takes in 60 minutes, it only takes a handful of plays to make the difference between winning and losing. As we know, oh, so much. Oh, so much. And, you know... We saw what happened at the end and, you know, Herman missing the block that he did fourth and two chance for the, I mean, really that was the key, the, the final swing point there in that game, 
Braxton Miller missing that as he did, not able to get the fourth down conversion there, and then they let it go. But, I mean, that close, that much of a difference right there, and it leads to the end of Urban Meyer's undefeated run, the end of the Buckeyes' national title hopes, and and turns into Michigan State defeating the Buckeyes in the title game. As I said, we're going to talk more about that, but big down, big letdown, followed up. You know what? I don't know. I don't want to say huge letdown, but men are in the in the Division One finals. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill chance to you know go down there and win a state championship what a game though even though even though it falls short to cincinnati molar what a game there i mean those teams combined for almost what uh 1150 yards something like that i mean they broke they broke or set or tied 16 different division one state championship records it was crazy just an, an absolutely absolutely amazing game there but the men are cardinal fall short and cincinnati molar division one state football champion so as you see you know we're ebbing towards the down part of the up and down that i was referring to at the beginning of this and you get of course to sunday and you get the double whammy you get the double whammy because not only the Browns game, which we're about to talk about, but the Lake Erie Monsters, after who went into it at the house and they, they hit the road, they just took care of business against Hamilton on Friday. They go on the road to Hamilton, and this is a big week for the Monsters, by the way. We'll talk to Doug Plagans more about this tomorrow, but Monsters later on this week playing the first outdoor game in franchise history. Going to be pretty cool against Rochester, but doesn't help them yesterday as they lose 6-2 to two to Hamilton and the double whammy. The Browns game. The Cleveland Browns, who, you know, by all predictions, I mean, I looked at all the predictions, the plain dealer predictions, all of them, nobody had the game. I don't think it was within uh, 14 points. Nobody had it within 14 points. Everything we got, I mean, I was joking with LG that yesterday during our pregame show, we were getting, we were literally getting lambasted on Facebook and some people in, in the chat room like, hey, what are you talking about? I was, we were, we were crazy for asking people if it could even be a game when I posed that question to people there on Facebook. It not only turned into a game, but it turned into easily, even even in a loss, easily the best performance, I think, from the Cleveland Browns of the season. The way they went on the road, the way they bucked up and really dominated them for so long. And I, and I, I said it yesterday, for those that weren't listening, I don't do the blaming officials and, and all of that. And I really, I know that there's places that the Browns hurt themselves at the end of that game, but that game was handed to the New England Patriots. Anybody who's objectively watching that would realize that that game at the end of the game was gift wrapped for Christmas and handed to the New England Patriots by the officials there. And not one, not two, but three absolutely terrible calls against the Cleveland Browns down the stretch. Browns able to overcome one. The Browns were able to overcome uh, the uh, intentional grounding, which, by the way, and, and I, I want to take my first break and then get into the game here, but 
the same exact thing like two minutes later Tom Brady doesn't get flagged for it earlier in the game doesn't get flagged for it somehow even with the receiver in the way they flag Campbell for that but he comes back from that several times what twice Chud had to use challenges for bad calls that went against the Browns got him overturned but as Bruce said in the chat room yesterday point made you still had to use your challenges to get it overturned and then the two big ones after the touchdown in the two-point conversion you get the penalty on Posey the 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct which is unbelievable unbelievable there because I just I don't believe that was the call right there uh, some people want to blame him for the for the penalty. I just I don't see it. I think that's so ticky tack. You let the players win the game in that situation, but that 15 yards is huge, absolutely huge when you get to the onside kick because that's what allowed them. Even if they recover it, that makes a difference in how close you are down at the end of the field. Then you get the snap. They've got no timeouts. 30 seconds left. Bomb down the field, and I'm telling you, I'm I'm objectively looking at this thing over and over and over again. To me, there's there's as much offensive pass interference as there is defensive pass interference there for them to throw the flag and gift it. Listen, if you let Brady drive down, if he, in 35 seconds, chops that defense up, gets down there, scores a legitimate touchdown, hats off to you, the Browns blew the game. But you handed it to them right there. And then even then, uh, probably the best kick of Billy Cundiff's career falls feet short of going through of nailing a near 60-yard miracle. Campbell still brought him right there to the house and just fell short. I mean, it was, I'll tell you what, it was the perfect end to the weekend that I just described. 72 hours in the life of a Cleveland sports fan, but you know what? It does... There's always another day. You hate to say that, but the way... To, to lose the way the Browns did, I mean, I, and I'm going to, I got to get this break in, but to lose the way the Browns did is totally different because yesterday I think everybody expected them to f- just fold up camp and just go in here and just say, here, Mr. Belichick, have the game, and nobody was going to show up to play. And I knew that wasn't happening, but that was the prevailing concept. Even I said the, that I thought the Browns were going to lose. I said, I was actually pretty close. I had a 28 20 game. I said the Browns would play much more competitive than people thought but fall short. But to show the heart, that took heart. That showed me, I think you should have learned more about that team from what you saw in yesterday's game than any of the other games this season because that's where they should have stunk. That's where they should have, that's where they would have rolled over. And they didn't. I'll tell you, they didn't. You got to give them that hell of an effort. And we haven't even got to Jason Campbell and Josh Gordon and Jordan Cameron and what they did. I'm going to go to the phone lines, though, before I take a break and get this call in. As soon as I allow him to talk, let me turn him up here. Caller, you're live on the Sports Fix. Hey, Rock. Yes. This is Big Bob from Bristol. Big Bob. How you doing? Been a while. We haven't heard from you, my man. Oh, I've been so busy, but uh, I do listen to you guys. I love you dudes. I love you guys. We love you, Big Bob. What a devastating loss yesterday for us. What a devastating loss. Let, let me That's ask you, because you, you're the first one, Bob. You've, you've, you've called them the clowns, and you and rightfully so. Hey, people have a right to feel however they feel about this team. You're, but thank I think you. even you've got to give right. the hats off to that yesterday. Um, I, go ahead. No, I'm saying, what do you give them credit for that performance yesterday against the Patriots? 
Oh, absolutely give him credit for that uh, for that performance. I mean, nobody uh, nobody in the world was uh, ever, ever thinking that the Browns would uh, play as well as they did yesterday. Um, but, as you know, when you play a team that has won consistently year after year after year and is in the playoffs year after year after year and is home, you know that those teams, J-Rock, get special calls. Oh, regardless, yeah. regardless of how the game is going, teams that are consistently winning and are in the playoffs always seem to get that one or two calls. Need it at times to put them in the win column. But I'm not taking anything away from uh, uh, from the Pats at all. I mean, they did. They came back and won. Yeah. We we played an unbelievable game. And Campbell, this is this is the first game that I really watched fully. And Campbell really really impressed me. I uh, I liked how he played against uh, against the Pats, and I, and I liked the receivers. And I love our uh, our tight end, you know, as well as Gordon. And uh, <clears throat> what we really have to do next year is really get out there and get one hell of a running back and another couple of bookends with Joe Thomas. And I think we will definitely start to put winning teams together year after year after year but we have to get we have to get some solid running backs i agree with you on the running backs but here's the question that's got to be out there to all of us i'm just saying i know we got draft picks and decisions to make but when you see what you got out of campbell and hoyer this year is the quarterback already on your team? That does make you wonder. I mean, Jason Campbell yesterday threw for almost 400 yards against Belichick's defense. You right. say what you want, but that that was a very impressive performance. I'm not saying Jason Campbell's your guy for five or ten years, but maybe yep. those two guys are good enough next year to get that running back, get a receiver, get an offensive lineman, yep. use your draft picks to make this team a playoff team. Jay Rock, I've been a Cleveland Brown and a Cleveland Indian fan for 56 going on 57 years. And our track record as far as drafting quarterbacks, I wouldn't look at a quarterback for years and years and years because <laughs> we, we do not draft the correct quarterback. Laugh as you will whatever we matter of fact we don't draft correctly at all at all so i i'm almost to the point now where i think we should do what uh the man for the redskins and the old la rams george allen get rid of the draft picks get people that can come in 27 28 29 years old and perform because our track record for drafting for our Cleveland Clowns is pitiful. Pitiful. That's all I could say. Pitiful. I agree with you. I agree with you. However, pitiful. 
Barkevius Mingo is showing himself to be a pretty good draft pick this year. Yes, this he is. The, yes, he is. This finally, was, this was there, finally, despite this was, his injuries and this net, he's finally doing something. But this was thank their God. first. Thank draft. God, he's doing something. You well, know, I agree. But but thank God, but Bob. Bob, this yeah, was their first draft, is my point. So, and that was their first draft pick. So maybe, just maybe, these guys are going to draft a little bit better than what we've had in here before. You got to hope so, anyway. Of course, as a Cleveland Brown fan yeah, for this long, I'm I'm hoping, but the track record is not there. No matter who's in there, no matter what regime is in there, we just do not seem to get the right draft pick that wants to stay in Cleveland, that wants to put in their eight, nine, ten years to be a Cleveland Brown for life. That's what I want. And somebody that knows about our history, our franchise. I mean, we are one of the prolific franchises in NFL football. And to be this bad for this long there is something wrong, J-Rock. There Absolutely, is definitely Bob. something wrong with our Cleveland Browns. Absolutely. And what they do. You cannot be this bad for this long without without those people wearing ties and bow ties around their necks. And people that are supposedly drafting and going to the combines and this and that, I will do their work for them and I'll do it for half the price. And I've, I've emailed you this millions of times. We, we will go to the Super Bowl in four years and hopefully we won't be the last one to ever go there. <laughs> I'm with you, Bob. Bob, I've got to get this break in, my man. Okay, brother. Thank I you very you, much man. for the call. Love you okay. too, Bob. Big Bye-bye. Bob in Bristol, Connecticut, listening to the Sports Fix. Thank you so much for the call. We've got to take a break. When we come back, John McMullen from the Sports Network will be with us. We'll pick up the conversation with him, get his take on the Browns and the Patriots and so much more. Dan Wismar coming up talking about the Buckeyes and the Spartans and Clemson and the Orange Bowl and so much more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Sports Fix, Daddy. This is the Sports Fix. Are you talking to me? Yes. Are you talking to me? Yes. Are you talking to me? Yes. Hey, call me Mr. Pig! Ah! We'll call you whatever you like, as long as we can call you a fan of the Sports Fix. Guys, want to take just a second as we head into this break and remind you about the official business printing source of the Sports Fix, our friends at Signs and Ship. Signs and Ship, I'm telling you, Chris and Pam, they've taken care of me since day one, and they can do the same for you. Whether you're a small business that's already been established and you're looking to grow to that next level and expand your business, or perhaps you've got an idea that you just know is going to be a great business and you need to figure out how to brand it and how to promote it and put it out there, Signs and Ship is the place for you. If you need a logo, they can create one for you. They have a fantastic graphic designer. Business cards, signs, banners, yard signs, mobile advertising, anything you can think of that you need to promote your business, they've got it at Signs and Ship. The best thing about them, too, is each of their locations, whether it's 
the home base here in Elyria, Ohio that I work with, or their spots in Virginia, Florida, and Pennsylvania. It's all local sourced. Very important to me because we all understand that small business is the lifeblood of the community. So check them out, signsandship.com, or call Chris and Pam today, 440-323-6060, the home office in Elyria, Ohio. Signs and Ship, quality printing at affordable prices. You're listening to The Sports Fix. We'll be right back. I've been a pro wrestler my whole life, so championship belts have always kind of been a way of life to me. But did you know title belts are quickly becoming... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your law makers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming the fastest rising and the most popular new way for people to celebrate all kinds of things you never would have thought of before. We use it for our fantasy football league. It's a really cool conversation piece. Office pools, employee of the month, you name it. There's tons of different trophies that you used to buy plaques for. Well, I'm here to tell you about Pro-Am Championship Belts, who have the highest quality championship belt with the lowest prices. Replace those old trophies with stock belts on hand that they can customize for as low as $30. Any occasion, celebrations, awards, championships, fantasy leagues, gifts, plus wrestling, mixed market, Martial arts, boxing. If you need championship belts, check them out. Pro Am Championship Belts, ProAmBelts.com. Look them up on Facebook, Pro Am Belts. Trust me, nothing says cool like doing the discount double check with a real championship belt. Just ask Aaron Rodgers. Now you too can have one thanks to Pro Am Championship Belts. Sports Fix listeners, like us on Facebook today. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck is ready to serve. With the holidays upon us, make sure to winterize your vehicle before going over the river and through the woods. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Have your sleigh in top form with four brand new tires. Choose from 13 top brands. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck has the low price tire guarantee. Find the same tire at a lower price within 30 days and they will refund the difference. Improve your fuel economy with the Works Fuel Saver Package. A certified technician will change your oil, rotate and check tire pressure, top off fluids, and perform a full inspection. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck is open late Monday through Thursday to serve you better 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., Friday 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., and closed on Sundays. They're located just under the 480 Bridge on Canal Road in Valley View between Rockside and Granger Roads. Mention the Sports Fix and you'll get a Quick Lane Auto Safety Kit with the purchase of any four tires. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck is ready to serve. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. 
you love Cleveland, and you already know how much we love Cleveland. You know who else loves Cleveland? GV Art and Design. Everyday fans, you and I wear our pride on our sleeves. Now, you can wear your pride on your chest. GV Art and Design has one of the hottest Cleveland sporting lines. Whether it's their Cleveland that I love design, or perhaps it's the Superman birthplace of a hero line of team-themed designs. Whether you're a fan of the Indians or Browns, the Lake Erie Monsters or the CSU Vikings, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or just Cleveland in general, GV Art and Design has a logo, design, or style for you. Sports Fix listeners, as a special treat, every time you make a purchase from GV Art and Design, use the sales code FIX and save 10% on your total purchase. Log on right now to GVArtwork.com, check out all of their fantastic designs, and don't forget, use the sales code FIX to save 10% on your total purchase. Follow GVArtwork.com on Facebook, and remember, GV Art and Design, it's not just a shirt, it's a statement. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck, home of the low price tire guarantee. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. News break. Good morning, I'm Bob Picozzi. They fell behind 6-0 after the first 13 minutes, then proceeded to score the next 31 points. In Sunday Night Football in New Orleans, Drew Brees passed for four touchdowns and became the fifth player in NFL history to pass for 50,000 yards. Coach Sean Payton Saints crushed Carolina 31-13 to take a one-game lead over the Panthers in the NFC South. We wanted to throw it early, early and often, and he was just holding up and getting the right help for the tackles and mixing up the protections. So kind of changed some personnel groupings up, and, and uh, I thought we got into a little bit of a rhythm. Two teams meet again December 22nd in Charlotte. The Cowboys must beat the Bears tonight in Monday Night Football to stay tied with Philadelphia for first in the NFC East, 8.30 Eastern on ESPN. New England tight end Rob Gronkowski undergoes an MRI today in his right knee, and according to ESPN and media reports, the Patriots fear he has a torn ACL. It will be Florida State and Auburn in the BCS National Championship game, Michigan State, Stanford in the Rose Bowl, Clemson, Ohio State in the Orange Bowl, Alabama, Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl, and Baylor versus UCF in the Fiesta Bowl. Subway is breaking new ground at breakfast. Now you can kickstart your day with spicy sriracha sauce, our boldest flavor yet. Try it on any of your favorite breakfast sandwiches, like a fresh toasted bacon, egg, white, and cheese. Subway, be bold, eat fresh. Hey, everybody, this is Jerry the King Lawler from WWE, and you're listening to The Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix, streaming live here on the SportsFix.net, on Spreaker and Mixler and their mobile applications, and on digital delay 24-7 on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, so many other platforms. Welcome in. I bet a lot of you out there, much like myself <laughs> this morning, it was, a, it was a tough weekend, feeling a little dazed and confused, especially, oh man, we did the post-game yesterday, and I mean, the air was just sucked completely out of the Harry Buffalo out in North Olmstead. I mean that it was it was wild and then it was not. And it was it was amazing. Welcome back to the Sports Fix. J Rock with you in just a moment. Gonna be joined by my man John McMullen from the Sports Network and get his take on this. But you know, real quick, 
listening to the news during the break there reminded me, of course, the Sports Fix Fantasy Football League. There's many of you out there in it. There's uh, what is it, about a dozen listeners, myself and my son in the league. And, of course, it's several years now we've done it, and we talk about it on the air throughout the season. And we've got the this year the prize is amazing. It's a, a championship title belt, like a wrestling or boxing-style championship title belt, custom-made, sports fix, fantasy football champion. Our seasons come down to this. Two playoff spots have been determined. My season is on the brink. I did my job yesterday. See, this is what they say. You gotta control your own destiny because unfortunately my destiny is not in my hands because I did my job and won my game yesterday. Tonight, I need the combination of Josh McCown and Brandon Marshall to be shut down and score less than 31 combined points. Please Dallas defense for once this season come through for me. But my season, my regular season, will end tonight without the playoffs if those two go off. But if they do get shut down, then I'll make the playoffs. Either way, our playoffs will be determined, and this beautiful Pro-Am Championship belt title will go to the winner of the tournament as two weeks from now, actually. We'll have a winner determined. And real quick, I'll tell you guys, these things are awesome. You've got to check them out, proambelts.com. They can customize these things. They've got stock belts they customize as low as 30 bucks. They're really awesome. And for Christmas presents, I've been telling people, like I said, hopefully, you know, well, my kids are at school today, so I know they're not listening, but I do know my oldest one listens to the replays on one of the podcast services. But thinking about getting one uh, custom made for my son with the nameplate and everything on it, because you, you spend a couple hundred dollars on those if your kids are a wrestling fan from WWE, but... These guys can hook you up for a lot cheaper than that. So, and and like you see, fantasy football leagues, office pools, and everything. But I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, man, I don't. I'm gonna gladly give it to whoever wins. But I'm please, Dallas defense, come through for me because I'd sure like to just put that thing up on the wall right here above the studio desk and have that belt hanging on the wall. By the way, welcome to Doctor Alex in the chat room. I see somebody new says he's in there. Welcome in, you guys. Mixler chat room, a great place to go. And as I said, waiting for John McMullen from the Sports Network. Going back into the conversation about the Browns. Let's get away. Seriously, let's get away from the ugly for a minute. Let's get away from the end of the game. Stop talking about officiating and all that stuff. And let's talk about something really good. Let's talk about Josh Gordon right off the bat. And Jason Campbell, the guy that got him the ball. We talked a little bit about it already. Jason Campbell came through 29 of 44, 391 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. If you if I'd have gave you that line without Jason Campbell on Friday, you'd have told me Tom Brady, right? Absolutely. But Jason Campbell, the one that went out there. But Josh Gordon, again, seven for 151 yards, plus the 34-yard carry. It now takes him he he missed out on 200 yards, but so what? He set another NFL record for the four-game run with his, what, 740-plus yards over four games now. And just he now leads the NFL even with two games less than the next closest guy. He passed Calvin Johnson. He now leads the NFL, and he set the Browns' single-season franchise record for, re- for receiving yards with short, right now, five games. And when it ends, it, it'll still be short two games because of the suspension. Just absolutely amazing what we're seeing out of him. And here's the thing, is unlike some of these weeks where he's had this run, New England put together a defense to stop Josh Gordon yesterday, and he still went off. Think about that. He still went off after that. I mean, Josh Gordon just went to town, and not only him, but the reemergence after going dark of Jordan Cameron. I was saying yesterday on the post game, you look at what you had right there. That alone 
is the base of where you go from here. We'll pick that up in just a minute. Going to the phone lines right now, my man, John McMullen from the Sports Network. He's with us every Monday. John, are you with me? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for having hey. me, Jerry. Hey, thanks for being here. How are you doing, my man? Uh, you know, trying to recover from the big snow day. Uh, uh, exciting day around the NFL. Obviously, it's uh, something about those snow games. I don't know, maybe if it's uh, the old NFL films, John Facenda voice. and It just gets you going this time of year. And to, to see some of that yesterday uh, was a pretty exciting time for the league. Absolutely. I can hear it in my head as you're saying that on the frozen tundra, you know, and, and you can see the, the steam coming off their heads in the slow motion. Nobody does it like NFL films. But, you know, as I was talking before you called in there, I was zeroing in on what Josh Gordon did, not just yesterday, but in the context of the season, in the context of the last few weeks, just continuing an amazing run. And what I was just saying when you called in was yesterday, to me, maybe the most impressive, impressive of all of them because New England game plan to stop Josh Gordon, and he's still got seven receptions for 151 yards. Yeah, you know, he, he's had an amazing run, the best four-game run in NFL history yardage-wise for a receiver. Yep. So uh, you have to give him a ton of credit. You're right, teams are, are, are obviously trying to take him away, and the fact that he's able to make big plays even, even when that's going on tells you a lot about his ex, uh, explosive athletic ability and his ability to beat double coverage, and, and that's the mark of a true number one receiver because there's a lot of guys who can look good uh, when somebody else is getting all the attention. But when you're the one they're trying to bracket, you're the one they're trying to stop, and you're still able to put up numbers uh, like he's capable of, it says it says a lot about him as a player. But, you know, obviously it was a disappointing loss for Cleveland and and. and I understand that, but you look at uh, what Jason Campbell was able to do, specifically getting the ball to Gordon, uh, Gordon and uh, Jordan Cameron, uh, his two top receivers, I think uh, 17 out of 19 target-wise. Uh, he was able to get the football to him. And you're right. I mean, obviously, if you're New England, you come into that game saying, you know, Cleveland hasn't had a running game all year, let's be honest. And you look at that team and say, who do you want to stop? You want to stop? Gordon number one, Cameron number two, and they were able to get him the football. So there are some good things to take out of the game. Right, and talking about Cameron, that was the other thing that I was on when you called in is this is the first time during this run that the Browns have been able to get somebody else off at the same time as Gordon because that is the different dynamic, you know? Like, now that they're zeroing in on Gordon, somebody else should have been able to get open, and you would have thought it would have been Cameron, but he disappeared pretty much for the last few weeks and, and really reestablished himself yesterday. That now is really something to take away from there because that's a double threat, and with them, I mean, you see what Gordon's doing, and he can do it with the double coverage, with it being rolled his way. And if Cameron's able to do what he does, imagine if they get another wide receiver on the other side. That offense goes from you know, sputtering at times to absolutely, you know, quick strike. Yeah, and and I think as a whole, if you look at Cameron's numbers, I mean, he's had a lot of receptions this year. So oh, for sure. I, I think he it's, just had a, you know, a, at a some wall. point there's going to be ebbs, ebbs and flows that, you know, every NFL season. And anytime you have a, a tight end uh, with over 70 catches, I think he climbed over the 70 mark yesterday. Uh, that's pretty impressive for a full season, and obviously we're through 13 games. So I think as a whole they've been able to get them the ball pretty consistently. Obviously, 
you know, the, the, the touchdowns early in the season maybe kind of skewed people's perceptions. and You just can't keep up that kind of pace uh, through an NFL season. But I, I think as a complimentary guy and, and as a tight end, as a complimentary piece to Gordon, I think he's been pretty solid all year. But you'll certainly see those ebbs, ebbs and flows uh, from week to week depending on what the opposing defense is trying to do. Um, you know, but obviously to me, I think the most important thing is from here. And it's interesting because of the trade earlier in the season, and obviously Trent Richardson wasn't doing it himself, but obviously some kind of running game is going to have to develop from somewhere. Uh, somebody's going to have to do it. And it just hasn't manifested itself this, so far this season. And that's a big question that has to be answered. And, you know, uh, obviously quarterback is first and foremost. We understand that, you know, going in. But beyond that, I think the pieces are in place. And, and again, you always hold your breath. We we seem to say this, you know, week after week. You do have to hold your breath with Gordon because there are some of those off-the-field concerns. Uh, but I think on the field, I, I think that... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, if you can get some semblance of a running game, uh, you can imagine how how devastating... Uh, a, a guy like Gordon on the outside would be if you had, you know, some linebackers taking those false steps in toward the line if they're if they're biting on a play action or something like that. I, I don't think you see that a lot with the Cleveland offense because I think people understand uh, the running game isn't going to hurt them. No, and I think you're going to see, you know, obviously we talked about it, the loss of Deion Lewis. He was going to figure in bigger in plans, I think, than people expected. Joe Banner knew what he was doing. when he, That's who the type of running back he wanted when he brought him here. I think when you add his dynamic plus a running back either acquired in the draft or, or through free agency next year, that's going to open that completely up. You brought up Campbell. This was a question I had talked about a little bit earlier in the show when I opened things up. And, again, it just brings me back to when you see this because, you know, Again, against a tough team on the road, another situation where Jason Campbell, you know, the term that was used so much was, uh, you know what you get in Jason Campbell. Yet I think that I, I think that he's outplaying, I guess, what people thought they get in Jason Campbell. And it makes you wonder between what you saw, just the production of him and Hoyer in this offense here and the stark contrast to what you saw, you know, when Brandon Whedon was the quarterback does that not reopen the quarterback question just to the point that you wonder, do you already have your winning quarterback on the roster? Maybe not for five, ten years from now. I'm just saying for your next few years, do you already have a couple of good quarterbacks to run with? 
Well, I, I mean, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, obviously where you are in the draft process and, and you know, it's got three more weeks to shake out and then you have to decide, you know, who's going to come out of college and already, you know, one big name guy is going back and Marcus Mariota. Mariota. So something, you know, you have to see who's going to be available, where you're picking. And the worst thing you could do is reach for a quarterback in the first round. You don't want to do that. You right. want to stack your draft board properly. And, and if you do have to stick with a guy uh, for a year or two, rather than reach for for somebody who's clearly not should be taken at that position, then you have to you have to think about that, and you have to think about it seriously because the worst thing you can do is set yourself back five years by taking another quarterback who doesn't uh, deserve to be in a, a top ten pick. Uh, so a, a lot of it depends on you know who's going to stay in college, who's going to come out. A lot of it depends on what type of quarterback uh, uh, are they going to be looking for. Uh, do they want the the new breed read option type guy, or they do they want the pocket passer? Uh, there's so many curves that can be you know thrown into the process from now in May. The draft has has been moved back to May this year. Uh, I think it's way too early to say, but. I do, and I've been steadfast. I, I do think, you know, Joe Banner, Mike Lombardi, I, 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 in fact, I'm 100% certain they do not believe the future of the Cleveland Browns is there at the quarterback position. I'm with you about the future, but I wonder if the play that they've seen makes them more likely or more open to perhaps the developmental type of draft pick that can wait a few years and that they know that they can bridge that position with what they've got for a good, you know, two-year window here. Changes, like you said, your thought process of getting it at the top of the draft instead of using those early picks to fill the holes that you need to fill and taking, you know, like like we said, a little bit later in the draft, that developmental quarterback letting him learn for a couple of years. I think that that dynamic wasn't there at the beginning that might be into play. Do you think I'm right or no? Well, you know, I, I think more than that, I think it's going to be, as I said, who's who's coming out and where are they going to be? Because, you know, obviously if they were in a position to take Teddy Bridgewater, I think they'd take him and wouldn't look back. Uh, they're not going to be high enough to be able to do that. Uh, and a lot of the other guys have started to kind of fall down, uh, the pro- whether it's Hunley from UCLA. You know, he's kind of fallen back a little bit. Uh, you look at Boyd from Clemson, he's kind of fallen back a little bit. So if you're picking, say, 7th, 6th, or 7th in that range, you know, you'd probably be reaching for guys like that at this at you know the stage now. But, again, this is so early in the process. You right. still have to go through pro days. You still have to go through the combine. You still have to go through all that stuff. And once uh, scouts actually get to see these guys up close, they can move back up the board. Uh, so, it, you know, it, it's just a picture in time right now. And, and obviously the one guy would say unquestionably they, they would take would be Bridgewater, and, and they're not going to be in a position to get him. Uh, so at that point you have to, you have to look at the other uh, prospects and see where it goes from there. And you, but you do have to stay true to your draft board because, as we always say, the the worst talent evaluator in sports is need, and you can't just pick somebody because you need that position. Uh, I, I do know that 
you know, Lombardi feels he needs a long-term answer at the quarterback position, but that doesn't mean you have to reach for it uh, this year. And that's where it comes in. That's where I think your philosophy comes in. And and Jason Campbell, I think, you know, you have, as I said, I, I think that I think your thought process holds a little more water when you're talking about Hoyer, uh, because I, I, I think, I think Jason Campbell has enough of the sample size as an NFL quarterback. He's put up games like this before, uh, stats-wise. His problem's always been consistency yeah. and doing it uh, week to week. And and you've seen some of those hiccups. And uh, I think they know what they have in Jason Campbell. Uh, and, you know, I don't think that's going to change. Uh, but, again, you know, you're not going to pass over a, a, an Anthony Barr for, for – a for a mid-level, mid-first-round quarterback, uh, or at least you shouldn't. So it all depends on who's available, where the Browns are picking. But I, I can say with 100% certainty that they do, uh, they do want a quarterback moving forward. Oh, yeah, I have no doubt about that. It's just the thought process of where you get it, I think, may have evolved a bit from where people thought it would be at the beginning of the year. Still a lot to talk about there. Real quick, just asking you, pass interference on the end of the game yesterday yes or no what do you think awful call awful that's, call that's it. i just tweeted it out and i i, I you know it, it it was back-to-back games i think it was minnesota baltimore and and then cleveland new england and and they're both exciting games i understand when fans get excited and i understand uh the back and forth particularly in the the ravens game and uh but some of these pass interference calls are just uh, atrocious, and I'm tired of writing about it. That's what I tweeted about. It. I mean, the the way these guys are affecting games, and and Dean Blandino, the the vice president of officiating NFL, uh, you know, downgrading officials and and marking them down for bad calls, and and saying you know these are not affecting the outcomes of games. It's just not true, and it's not. Uh, it's not a, a, a narrative that you can sell to the people who follow this game closely. Uh, I understand the thought press, and I understand I've been around coaches for 20 years. I've been around players for longer. And they're taught from, you know, high school on, don't make excuses. You know, if you get a bad call against you, just you pick yourselves up and, and, and try to figure it out some other way. But that's easy, you know. That's easy to say. It's 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 you know when you're in a position to win a football game and and you're getting uh, you know thirty forty free yards because of a bad uh, official's call, that's affecting the outcome of games and that's the affecting outcomes of people's jobs. And I compared it to to you know I I look at Joe Philbin in Miami. If I can go off on a little tangent here, Jerry, ahead, I'm looking at this specifically uh, Minnesota Baltimore. Now Miami is is fighting for that last spot in the AFC wildcard hunt. They they come from South Florida to Pittsburgh, play in the snow, beat a Steelers team, just get out by the skin of their teeth, should be in the last spot in that that postseason race, but because of four or five bad calls in Baltimore, they're not. And and Joe Philbin. Uh, because of obviously the Richie Incognito, Jonathan Martin scandal and all that nonsense, probably has to make the playoffs to keep his job. Uh, if if today, if the playoffs start today, he wouldn't be in the playoffs because of 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 
bad officiating. And I, I think it's something the league has to address, and they've shown no evidence of doing it at any point. And it, it just it just rubs me the wrong way. I'm, I agree with you. I mean, it seems like uh, one of the new philosophies with the way things are played, I mean, I think teams would admit it if you got them to be totally honest with you, is throw the ball up there and hope to get a flag. And that's every bit as effective as as an actual, you know, drawn-up play sometimes because of the way these are called. But it's not just Cleveland, although it's a, obviously sensitive today with the way that went down because it wasn't just the pass interference. There were several. Like, I'll be honest, I thought, you know, how are you going to call – the uh, grounding on Jason Campbell in a key situation when he threw it near a receiver. And then twice within a few minutes earlier and later, Tom Brady was in the same situation, doesn't get flagged. Then really, I thought as key as the pass interference at the end was the the flag on, uh, at the end on Poyer that gave him the 15 yards for the unsportsmanlike on the two-point conversion where it moved them up and made the onside kick, gave them even better field position there to set up the Hail Mary. I mean, that was a couple of crucial calls there and no calls, not to mention the few that uh, challenges that Chud had to use like on things something as simple as using a challenge to get a half a yard right on a first down conversion, you know, where it really, and like you said, it's, it affects so much. And around the league, these games, you can't have them come down. As people say, nobody pays to see the, the refs, but how do you correct that? Do you change the rules or do you change the refs? Well, I, I think part of the process, and I've been advocating for upwards of, you know, 15 years now that first and foremost, officials should be full-time. And, and for whatever reason, the NFL has, has fought that. And I don't understand why a $9 billion industry can't employ these guys full-time. Their argument is, well, what are they going to do in the off season? Well, you have so many mini camps. Why aren't they at mini camp practices? Why aren't yeah. they at training camp practices? Why aren't they refereeing arena football league games? Uh, you know, uh, make a deal with that league. There's so much they can do, and the more repetition you get, it's the same. It's the reason why they call practice repetitions. That the reason you do so many repetitions is so it becomes muscle memory. You just naturally get better at it. Uh, it makes sense for players. It makes sense for officials. That's number one. Number two, they they have to they have to look at this pass interference rule and and, and figure something out. You know. Uh, one one of the things I, I think the NBA gets a bad rap for is is things like, uh, and to a certain extent, soccer. If there's any fans out of there of international soccer, you always hear it about flopping and and guys, you know, yeah. diving. Today, coaches and rightfully so, by the way, offensive coaches they should they are teaching wide receivers to immediately complain and look for a flag. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and and I know some fans get upset at that, but understand, receivers are being taught this uh, because more often than not, it works. And, you know, I I go back to that uh, Vikings-Ravens game again. Dennis Pitta going down the middle of the field. Now, that was one of the snow games, uh, so it's obviously a slippery surface. Just falls down uh, on the ice, on the snow, uh, Vikings intercept the ball, game's over, uh, flag comes in late because Pitta got up, raised his hands, pretended like he was interfered with, and they bought the flop. 
So maybe there should be a, a flopping rule. Maybe uh, you could at least put that in the offense's mind. Say, look, look, if you're going to go over the top and you're going to pretend you were hit and you weren't hit, you might get a penalty. Maybe that might do something. And, you know, it's getting to the point where I might even advocate going to replay on some of these pass interference calls and letting officials take a look at it on the replay and say, well, we got that wrong. Uh, That's not a penalty. Uh, Because, you know, something has to be done at this point. Or maybe you do where the the officials don't replay it. Maybe there's a booth who specifically and they radio down and go, no, that's not pass interference. We replay yeah, well that whatever, uh, that I agree know? with you, and I agree with that as a whole. I have no idea yeah. why why the NFL just doesn't go to a centralized system where where you know there's no need for the referee to go over under the hood. There are guys you could have guys in the booth. You could yep. even do it from New York. You could have a a Mike Pereira type or or even Dean Blandino himself. You could have him sitting in front of the cameras and, and making the decisions himself much quicker, getting it to the officials on the field. There's a lot of things wrong with the system, a lot of things wrong with the game. Problem is, and, and I, I, you know, I've been writing about this since the Seahawks-Steelers Super Bowl that somebody calls one at one against the Seahawks in that game. Problem is the fans just don't care enough to you know, uh, they they keep watching. Obviously, the ratings are tremendous. The merchandise sales, the ticket sales. So there's no need for the NFL to change anything, and, and that's the big. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Biggest problem of all is that uh, they just don't see, there's no impetus for change. Uh, and, and I know most people found yesterday's game so exciting. Uh, you saw it there and nobody looks at the, the bigger picture. I know, I know Peter King today in his column wrote about how bad the officiating was yesterday. Uh, I know I wrote about it last week, specifically after the Cardinals-Eagles game, where Bruce Arians sent 15 different calls, Jerry, to the NFL office to complain about. 15 different calls in one game. And it's it's amazing. It really is. Think about that, because we say all the time that it's a handful of calls or a handful of plays in most games decide who's going to win and who's going to lose. And that's 15 that you're talking about that are at least – questionable in the coach's mind that's crazy i mean yeah and and real quick something that you brought up while you were talking there that i thought of there's two things i would do first off i wish that they would make it an automatic 
per unsportsmanlike uh, conduct for the re- for the wide receiver to to make that flag symbol because I am so sick of after every play that's the first thing like you said that they do they jump up and they make the the the, uh, the sign for throwing the flag it's the first thing they look for I would ban that because it's every my son and I sometimes make a game out of it and we'll just sit there. And we'll, we'll joke and we'll count how many in a row. Every time a pass is broken up, you can almost bank on the receiver. The first thing he does, like you said, is get up, look around, and wave for the flag. Like he's waiting for the flag. It's like, come on, you know? Yeah, and, and, and as I said, they're being taught that. And, and there's yeah. no reason they shouldn't be because there is no penalty for it. And as I said, there you, you might be. even have a better I You know, I... I recommended inserting a, a new rule saying, you know, a flopping rule, so to speak, if we yeah. want to take it from the NBA or soccer, as I said, uh, even better if you want to ban it completely, uh, saying you cannot uh, ask for an official flag. I wouldn't Isn't be that like taunting? That. Isn't that like uh, taunting the other player, except you're taunting the official? Uh, I don't know if it's taunting, but I mean, you could just make it simply say that's against the rules. If yep. the official, you know, decrees its pass interference, he'll call it. He doesn't need the histrionics. Uh, I think it would help. It's a technical. In the NBA, if you complain to the the officials about a call, it's an automatic technical foul. So, you know, it's the same thing that you're doing there, except you're making a symbol about it and you're making a big, big production out of it, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't be against it. I, I think it would. I think it would help, and, and uh, because clearly uh, guys are baited into calls, officials, and they will throw the flag late at times. Uh, and you know, that's you know a black mark against them. They shouldn't look at a uh, a player uh, asking for a flag that shouldn't affect their call. But they're human beings, and especially. You know, let's let's face it. There's a there's a home field advantage. It's home field advantage for a reason. You tend to uh, to get a few more calls when you're on your home field, and part of that is the intimidation factor of the crowd asking for flags, and and, and that's all part of it. But uh, something has to be addressed because, again, you don't want middle-aged men. Who who are basically you know insurance salesmen in the off season defending, <laughs> uh, and I, you know most of them do a very good job. And as I, I as I just ripped them for twenty minutes, I'll say <laughs> I, I think it's a very difficult sport to officiate. I understand that. Uh, I think some of the uh, uh, some of the markings uh, for yardage and first down. I think they do an amazing job on that. I think they had a tougher day yesterday simply because of the snow and it was so tough to see the yard lines and things like that in certain games. So I think, but I think that was a hiccup and I think that was understandable consistently. They do an amazing job on things like that. If you, if you see uh, from week to week, you don't see a lot of egregious mistakes on spots and um, things like that. You'll see one occasionally, but not often. Uh, They do a great job on things like that. But this pass interference rule is is destroying the game of football, even more so than the than the safety rules and the and the hits and the and the and the personal fouls and things like that. 
No, I'm with you. And somebody in the chat room had a similar point to me here. If you're not going to change the, if you're not going to change the rule as far as what is pass interference, and you're not going to change the way you call it, then think about dropping perhaps the spot foul where where you get the ball at the spot. Maybe you still get the first down, but you don't get the 50 yard chunk or whatever for the interference. Maybe that also changes the way it affects games. You get the the new set of downs, but you don't, like I say, get that whole chunk of yardage because there was no guarantee that you were going to catch that ball. Yeah, I, I, I've advocate, you know, the old college rule of 15 yards. Uh, yeah. That might be uh, a way to go. Uh, but it then, changes the it, dynamic. You know, then it, that's a slippery slope because then you'll have guys committing penalties on purpose. So yeah. uh, then you can have, uh, uh, if you want to morph it into another judgment call, that'll create even more issues. So You're right. I, I think you just have to tighten up on, on what is and wasn't what isn't pass interference and you know just the mere fact that some coaches use uh, that as a strategy tells you something's wrong with the game because you're right uh, coaches and quarterbacks will underthrow the ball on purpose uh, so receivers can come back and just kind of bump into the defensive back and get 40 yards and you know that's not what football is it's it's at least it's not what it should be yeah, for sure. There's a lot of slippery slopes there. You're right, you know. All right, speaking of slippery, yesterday, like you said, snow day. You're a Philly guy. I mean, that was just – that was fun to watch just on TV because it was kids out in the snow just playing a ridiculous game of football. But, you know, a lot of that – I like that because I'm a winter weather, you know, muck it up kind of guy. But there, we definitely got a dose of that yesterday for the real – really for the first time all year. Yeah, it's always fun. I think snow games are always fun, and that one, I mean, that was basically a whiteout. It was interesting because they, <laughs> I can tell you firsthand, they forecasted one inch of snow here, and we ended up with 10, Oops. so bad job to the AccuWeather <laughs> people. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it was that first half of that game was basically in a whiteout condition. And, you know, but both teams have to play in that kind of, uh, you know, they're both playing in the same weather. So oh, yeah. I, I don't look at the lines and say they had control of that game. And it's just, you know, it, you almost expect it out of the lines at this point. There's so much talent on that team. And we've talked about it before. And the fact that they're so undisciplined, uh, they're not a smart team. They, they turn it over. They do things that just make you scratch your head. And like the snap. Here we are, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been gone for a month, uh, and they haven't been able to take advantage of it. They're still in control of their own destiny. But anybody who thinks the Detroit Lions is going to win three straight games, uh, I you know, I, I don't believe that. They're just not consistent enough from week to week. So I think, you know, Green Bay is right back in it. If somehow Aaron Rodgers can get back this week, uh, I, I would almost consider Green Bay to be the favorite in that division again. It's crazy that they're back in it like that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, really, that snap, it was that, when that errant snap went past him, it really changed, you know, the direction of that game, you know, but it was still a great game, but you're absolutely right. Just things like that go wrong, the consistency there, because they've got the pieces. I mean, they've got, like we talk about Josh Gordon, they've got, you know, Calvin Johnson. I like Matt Stafford, but. Yeah, frustratingly there. Speaking of frustrating, how about Ursay has got to feel frustrated giving up, you know, that trade for Trent Richardson, looking at how that thing just keep that whole situation just keeps getting worse there between giving up the first round pick for him. And then now, you know, the Colts, you get blown out by the Bengals yesterday. And 
you know, eight and five, definitely not where they thought they would be at this point in the season when they made that trade, especially. No, that's the least. And they won the AFC South yesterday. So that's the least. Right. Uh, that, you know, that's the worst way to clinch a division title. You're still happy, obviously. You're headed to the playoffs. and But you don't want to clinch the division title by losing by two touchdowns. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, we've talked about the Colts before, and they just haven't been the same since Reggie Wayne went down with the no. torn ACL. They've been playing, you know, very poorly. They've still managed to scratch out a few wins here and there, and, and mainly through Andrew Locke, let's face it. I mean, he's 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 going to be a star in this league for a long time. And the fact that, you know, they've had so many injuries, even besides Wayne, it's kind of amazing that they've stayed as consistent as they have. And one of the major reasons I think is luck because he, he's a guy who can, you know, no matter, they were having those bad first halves for that three or four game stretch where they were just getting blown out. And a couple of them, he was able to come back and win them. And he's still, I'll tell you, he still has not lost back-to-back games in the NFL. He has not lost two in a row. He's not lost two in a row dating back to, I think, his freshman year in college. I'm not even sure if he did it then. So he'll get another, you know, he's playing Houston this week, I believe. So he's probably not going to lose two in a row again. So uh, he Really, Indianapolis is is turning into a, a, a kind of a, a, a one-guy kind of team, and that's not where you want to be uh, when you're heading towards the playoffs. So I, I, I don't think they're going to have a deep run by any stretch of the imagination, and I think they're going to have to step back and, and start to fill in those pieces around Andrew Luck because they certainly have the answer at the quarterback position. Yeah, and talking about the South there as they back their way into it as the Titans, they, they jump out early. You know, it looked like a good start for them against uh, the Broncos, but, man, Peyton Manning, it doesn't matter. You put up 28, he'll put up 51, you know, and once again, the the Broncos offense keeps rolling. Plus, and I was joking with my son last night, and, and by the way, he had the, the – my son, for the first time, he's 15 years old, so it took 15 years. He looked at me in the car on the way home and goes, Dad – why does stuff like that always happen only to us here in Cleveland? I swear he said it on his own. And I said, well, welcome to Cleveland. You're now officially a Cleveland sports fan, son. But anyways, kind of fitting that on the same day, you know, the kick of, the, of I think, the best kick Billy Cundiff's ever made in his life falls feet short on that uh, on that 50, what, 58-yarder at the end of the Browns game. Matt Prater breaks the, uh, or, uh, the NFL record for his field goal, 64 yards, and the Broncos roll over, over the Titans. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously when we all think of that record, and I think four guys had it at 63, obviously to us old school guys who remember Tom Dempsey. but uh, Right, Tom Dempsey. Yeah, uh, you know, the fact that and he then, finally uh, broke that record. David Akers hit a 63-yarder. Uh, Jason Elan, former former Bronco, also matched it. Uh, so you kind of knew it was going to happen at mile high, and, and the, you just have that little extra oomph there, and, and Prater finally gets it done. He obviously has that big leg. But to me, you're right about the Broncos. I think the Broncos are breathing a sigh of relief just because, you know, Peyton Manning played so well in the cold weather game because uh, that was the one knock on them. And the fact yep. that they have four players on their team that has to have at least ten touchdowns, that that is amazing if you think about that kind of offensive production. Four different guys, Eric Decker, Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, Sean Marino, have all crossed the 10-touchdown the, the barrier. So 
you know, it's going to be difficult for any defense anywhere to stop the kind of weapons the Broncos have. But, you know, we've seen it a couple times. They are beatable. And uh, Peyton Manning, uh, on his way to another MVP award, I don't think there's any question about that. I think I think really the only uh, only thing left to watch for the Broncos in the regular season is can Manning, you know, get the touchdown uh, passing record? Can they can they get the the offensive scoring record because this is a juggernaut and it looks not obviously they beat Kansas City twice so it looks like they'll be able to get that number one seed in the AFC yeah I mean looking at that offense like you said I mean they're gonna have by the time it's all said and done they'll have five receivers with 50 or more receptions three with 75 or more I mean just yeah that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they play you're right too yesterday in that cold weather I know definitely a sigh of relief there for them looking at you know they play tonight so we don't know how they're gonna perform this week but the next one on the tap for the Browns I guess as we wrap things up you've got the Bears the Browns gonna finish the home part of their schedule what do you think Uh, do the Browns because you know I thought you know this week a big test was do they collapse down the stretch how do they how do they suck it up after losing those games to Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville? How do you think the Browns come back from this game with the Patriots? Do you think they come out energized to finish with a win at home? And how do you look at them stacking up against the Bears? Because I think they stack up well. Well, they, you know, they, the one thing you can't say, they've never given up. They they keep fighting, and, they, you know, Rob Chudzinski deserves a lot of credit for that, and that's what you want. You know, obviously the playoffs are – are are not in the conversation and 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 you want to play for the you know uh, we talk about it all the time pride but also guys are putting themselves on film whether they're going to be in Cleveland next year or they're going to have to get a job somewhere else next year so uh it's always good when you have guys who compete and I think Cleveland has proven they put together a team that'll do that and you know, they they face a Chicago team that now has a lot to play for. So I, I think a lot of uh, of what Chicago does depends on what happens tonight. And they're playing the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. And, you know, they're without Jay Cutler, their they're leader on offense. They're without Lance Briggs, their leader on defense. They don't have Charles Tillman, who's injured. Uh, that defensive side of the ball has had just a ton of injuries. It's not the same type of... Bears defense that you think of when you thought think about those Lovey Smith uh, opportunistic uh, dominating defenses. It's now more of an offensive team. They have two great receivers: Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Martellus Bennett at tight end. They can really get the ball down the field, and, and we all know Matt Forte is a is a very good dual back. He can run. He he can, he's one of the best coming out of the backfield. And Josh McCown has proven to be, you know, he's played well. one of the best two or three backup quarterbacks in football. He's arguably played better than Jay Cutler. That's why they're not forcing him back in the, into the lineup. Now, that said, I, I think the people in Chicago and some have, have broached that subject that maybe they should stick with McCown. I think they're crazy because I think Cutler brings uh, that extra – ability to extend plays and he's got a lot more mobility than people give him credit for and of course he has that strong arm his problem he's a lot like a, the same guy in his division we talked about before matthew stafford got all the physical talent in the world mechanics aren't always great uh and he's susceptible to to making mistakes but when he's got it going he is very difficult to stop so 
to me, it's prudent for them to get this game today, and then if they get this game, then you can talk about Jay Cutler coming back and making making a run towards that division title. If they lose tonight, uh, I think the Browns team that will show up uh, uh, might be a little defeated. Talking to John McMullen from the Sports Network. You're listening to the Sports Fix. He's with us every Monday. I'll tell you what, it's getting down to the uh, to the nitty gritty here. It's been a, it's been a great season, and I think it only goes up from here. And you know, even with the Browns being the way it is, it's still been a great football season all told. But I'll tell you, man, you gotta you gotta you know. I think you take a lot out of the Browns game yesterday. Either way, uh, even with the loss, I really do. And like you said, I, I think tonight is going to go a long way to seeing what kind of what kind of game, what kind of challenge Chicago brings next week for the Browns. But I look forward either way to sitting here and talking to you about it. And another week as we see these playoff races break down and, you know, we talk about, you know, all the teams that are still in the hunt. It's going to come down to the last week here for sure. Hey, it's always fun. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Absolutely. John McMullen from the Sports Network. When we come back, we're going to shift gears talking football, but we're going to shift from the pros to the college ranks. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland fan. He's going to join us, Browns fans. We've got you've got plenty more time this week to break down this one, no doubt about it. We're going to talk tomorrow with Dr. Football Bill Chickas, get his thoughts on this game as well. But when we come back, Dan Wismar from the Cleveland fan. We're going to do the post-mortem sports fix style on the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Michigan State Spartans, the Big Ten title game fallen short the orange bowl and so much more when we come back don't go anywhere talking buckeyes football still plenty more to come here on the sports fix We here at the Sports Fix are very in-depth when we interview the sports stars. Oh, I saw the whole thing, dude. First you were all like, whoa, and then we were all like, whoa, and then you were like, whoa. What are you talking about? You got serious thrill issues, dude. <laughs> awesome. Ooh. Maybe not, but you should still listen. As we head into this break, I just want to remind you the Sports Fix, proud to be partners with Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck, 5715 Canal Road, just under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, Ohio. Bill Hershey and Bill Opelich, I tell you about them each and every day. They'll take care of you. Number one, huge Cleveland sports fans, but they're good people, hardworking people, trustworthy people. I don't just come on here. I tell you this all the time. I don't just come on here and talk about places and people that want to buy advertising on the show. I talk about people and products that I believe in, and Quick Lane at Valley Ford truck is one of those places. Whether you've got a truck, car, van, commercial vehicle, big or small, it doesn't matter. They'll fix them all. They're the home of the low price tire guarantee. Find a matching set of tires cheaper anywhere else and they'll match the price guaranteed. No questions asked. No matter what it is, hey, and they understand in 2013 that there's transportation issues. People need to get to school, to work, to daycare. All those things need to get done and the car needs to get fixed and they'll figure out a way to make that happen for you. Check them out. Quicklane.com slash Valley truck and find out that life really is better in the quick lane it's an addiction the sports fix will be right back you love Cleveland, and you already know how much we love Cleveland. You know who else loves Cleveland? GV Art and Design. Everyday fans, you and I wear our pride on our sleeves. Now, you can wear your pride on your chest. GV Art and Design has one of the hottest Cleveland sporting lines. Log on right now to GVArtwork.com. Check out all of their fantastic designs. And don't forget, use the 
sales code FIX to save 10% on your total purchase. Follow GVArtwork.com on Facebook. And remember, GV Art and Design, it's not just a shirt. It is a statement. The Sports Fix is now available every day on the world's largest internet radio service, iHeartRadio. Download the free iHeartRadio app, subscribe to the show, and get your fix. At the corner of Carnegie in Ontario, it's basketball time at the Q. Have you gotten your copy of Cleveland's Finest yet? Highlighting the best moments, players, and media members in Cleveland sports history? In-depth, personal interviews with some of the top names in Cleveland sports fill the pages of this incredible book. Joe Dave. Fred McLeod. Hector Marinero. Discussing the most intimate and sometimes controversial details of the largest moments in our town's sports history. The Indians have won the divisional title. A perfect game, Berlin Barker. What a win for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Their first time in a playoff. It's the first book written from the player's point of view, with the media that covered it and the fans that watched. Finally, the true stories are told. From a miracle in Richfield to the NBA Finals. Pistons have been booby-trapped. From a perfect game to a World Series one pitch from victory. From a Wildcat High School dynasty to the golden days of the Browns, Barons, and Crunch, this book will change the way the entire sports nation looks at Cleveland. Cleveland, you will have an October to remember. Cleveland's Finest by Vince McKee is this year's must-have book for every Cleveland sports fan. Available now at Amazon.com. Just in time for the holidays. This is your home run present. Today. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by GV Art and Design. It's not just a shirt, it's a statement. GVArtwork.com. Hey, Cleveland, this is Ed Doherty, voice of San Ignatius Wildcat Football, and you're listening to the Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix, streaming live here on the sportsfix.net on Mixler and Spreaker and on 24-7 digital delay on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and more. J-Rock with you, and we're going to get back into it. Of course, you hear in the background, we're going to talk some Buckeyes football. Tough weekend. We went through the 72 hours of the weekend here. Tough weekend. And, of course, Chris Duke in the chat room had to remind us at the end of that last segment that, of course, it got topped off by Phil Dawson making a game-winning field goal when, you know, of course, Billy Cundiff missed. Although I've got no beef with Billy Cundiff at all. He hit the kick of his life. It was just short. But, anyways, a couple of comments coming in before I pull Dan Wismar up from the Cleveland fan, talk about some Buckeye football, some comments from the last segment on our Facebook page. Tom Smith says the NFL finds players time to find or suspend referees who make terrible calls, especially when they cost teams wins. He hopes that a ref can't look himself in the mirror because they're paid professionals and to make calls like they did in the Browns game yesterday, inexcusable. The NFL is all about ratings, however, and New England gives them that and Cleveland doesn't. Matt Goodnight says the officials have to get together on calls like this and make sure they're correct. Officials shouldn't be afraid to pick up a flag when it's a bad call. Josh Morgan says not just the Browns game. Officials made terrible calls in several games yesterday. Maybe they should find the officials every time they make terrible calls, and I bet they would hold their little yellow flags a little bit more. And comments continue to come in. Keep them coming in. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. But we're going to shift from the pros to the almost pros. We're going to talk 
Ohio State Buckeyes. First Big Ten title game, also the first loss in the tenure of Urban Meyer as they fall 34-24 to Michigan State. Really a tale of a couple different uh, runs in the game as they fall down early. 17 to nothing as we know. Things look bleak. They come right back. Take control of the game at one point. Get the lead back only to fall short. The offense doesn't get much going in the fourth quarter. Michigan State puts it away and they take care of business. The Buckeyes now out of the national title picture. That's going to go to Florida State and Auburn. The Buckeyes now selected for the Orange Bowl. They'll take on Clemson, which you know, will be interesting and answers some more questions about the Buckeyes as well. Let's go to the phone line and talk about it all. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. Dan, how are you doing this weekend? You also went through the voyage of the Cleveland Sports Weekend. How are you doing, my man? Doing okay, J-Rock. I, uh, I just realized that uh, counting bye weeks, uh, I've been with you for 15 straight Mondays now, and it's the first time we've had to deal with some bad news. So I guess that's not all bad. Yeah, you know, I mean, some of the Buckeyes players have been doing this for, what is that now, two straight years now. Some of the freshmen and sophomores don't know what it was like to get in the locker room after losing a game. So there were a lot of firsts that went down this weekend when the Buckeyes lost to the Michigan State Spartans. Yeah, you're right, and I, I couldn't help but feeling uh, feeling for the guys a little bit. It, it seemed like they were tight, and how can you you know expect them to be otherwise? Uh, the pressure really had been building for a long time. That doesn't take anything away from Michigan State, who obviously played a great game. And we talked last week about how the intangibles kind of favored them and how hard it was going to be for the Buckeyes to sort of ratchet up the emotion again after a a really draining uh, Michigan game. So uh, that's not to make excuses. It's just to sort of recognize the realities of of, uh, the long grind of college football. And uh, they got beat by a team that outplayed them uh, the other day, and, and there's no shame in that. I'll tell you what, really, uh, one of the keys to me, really, when it came down to it, like you said, started out tight. They came back, though. You know, that was the thing. You come back, even with the with the start to the game, you get the lead back. At, but at, at the same time, it never felt like they fully grabbed control. But, you know, obviously, I think the pivotal moment comes down to fourth and two, not able to convert the ball when Miller took it outside. Herman missed his block. I mean, that was the key on that play. That was what prevented him from getting outside and got the containment in there. And that that was it. That was really the final one. But, you know, up until that point, I still it felt like they were going to march down and pull it out and do a typical what they had done, which is you know, fall behind a little bit, play, you know, play a little down and then pull it out at the end and still be able to say, hey, we ended up with the victory. But this time that Michigan State defense, when it needed to, took care of business. Yeah, you're right. And and one thing that struck me after the game is just sort of going back and looking at, I didn't realize or it hadn't really occurred to me that five times this past season, the Buckeyes defense gave up 30 points or better. Uh, and this was really the first time when, uh, you know, the offense wasn't able to just sort of strike at will and do whatever they wanted to, and so that it wouldn't matter that the defense was, was given up, uh, you know, a 30 spot. Um, you're right that it came down to a couple of key plays. I know that a lot of people afterwards, including some of the uh, the beat writers for OSU, were questioning the play calling down the stretch. I mean, it's third and three. You've got two cracks to get three yards in a crucial time, and, and Carlos Hyde doesn't see the ball. Right. Uh, you know, Meyer said afterwards that, that was his call. So at least the fourth down call was his call. He said, I wanted to put the ball in the hands of our best player, and it's hard to fault him for that. Uh, but uh, you also have to believe that over in the other locker room, and D'Antonio said as much afterwards, that they knew 
that Braxton Miller was going to have the ball sweeping either left or, or right with a run-pass option. Uh, now that makes sense, and, and, and you know, can make the case that he is the best player. But when your running back is averaging six point something per carry, and you're third and three, knowing you're in four-down territory, I don't know. I think I, I might have to go that way. Uh, and I but agree. That, that's uh, that's hindsight, and, and it was just something that people were talking about afterwards. No, I agree with you. Vashon in the chat room, what, the, what a lot of people thought is that you could argue whether Hyde or Miller was your best player there on that play, you know, and, and I'm with you. I would have taken a shot with it too, but, you know, because my son looks right at me as we're watching it and goes, why don't you, why didn't he run Hyde there? And I said, well, I don't know, maybe they, they you know, Braxton Miller's come through. You know, I, I, I can understand because he's come through in that situation time after time. I mean, we saw several times in this game where he, he kept him going or got the spark going with his legs, but I agree. I would have taken a crack there too, but I think that, once again, another theme coming out of this game, and I've got to be honest, I'm going to say it right here. I think that when the bowl game's over, when things are all said and done, Luke Fickle ends up taking the scapegoat for this. But the defense, you know, all season long people talked about the defense, and again here in this game a lot of people feel that the defense let the offense down because once Ohio State did come back and get that lead, they again allowed Michigan State, just like against Michigan, just like several times this year, to come right back down the field. No question. Uh, the defense really failed them. Uh, this game and, and many other games, uh, and I think you're absolutely right that uh, Fickle will take the brunt of it. Uh, Everett Withers, of course, has to share that responsibility, and so does the other position coaches. Uh, you can look, you know, Withers is the safeties coach, Kerry Combs, the cornerbacks coach. I think all those guys uh, have legitimately some accountability here at the end of the year. And I, there is not a question in my mind that Meyer will make changes. I, I would not be surprised to see um, maybe every defensive coach except possibly Combs, um, you know, not here next year. Uh, I, he had a two-year commitment from his coaches and to his assistant coaches, and that two years is up, and, and he will yep. take... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stock of things, and he is a bottom line guy. And there are names already floating around uh, uh, that might be likely defensive coordinators uh, in the future under Meyer. So, yeah, I, I think there will be hell to pay somewhere along the line. And uh, that's... Uh, it's a bottom line business, and, and the defense really, uh, you know, the, the offense set records for points and touchdowns and yards. And, and uh, did hear the other day that Braxton is going to come back, so there's every expectation that next year's offense will be very good as well, even with uh, uh, 80% of the offensive line moving on. Uh, the skill position talent coming into the program, the, the stuff that redshirted this year, the kids, and, and also the kids coming in, in the class of 14, it, it's an unbelievable 
embarrassment of riches at the skill positions, receivers, backs, and and, and the like for um, for Meyer next year. So, uh, but the defense will have to be changes made, and I, I'm absolutely sure that they will be made. Yeah, and you talk about Miller coming back. To me, that was big, too, because that really changes the dynamic of what you would have been looking at next year. I had a feeling, as soon as I saw the just the look on his face at the end of that game, I, I just had a feeling right there. I said, you know what? He's coming back. He's going to take one more shot, not only at the Heisman, try to have a healthy season and get that, and not only that, but take one more shot at a national title. Plus, it's you know I thought that the intrigue of the first playoff setup would also, and I think not just with Braxton, but I think across college football, if there's guys that are on the fence, I, I don't know, maybe I'm being too uh, gamesmanship about it, but I think the intrigue of taking part in that for some of the upper college you know teams that have a real shot at it next year, I think that brings some players back just to say they were part of the first you know playoff thing there. I think that might you know be a part of it, but I had a funny feeling that he was going to come back, and I think that's really going to be key. Like you said, the other skill positions looking good, but I thought you know he really needs to come back, even though they've you know got replacement, but you can't necessarily replace what he brings dynamically. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, him being back makes a whole heck of a lot of difference next year. And they have capable players. Uh, it'll be tough. But I told somebody today on Twitter that I thought, you know, they talked about Chad Mabity, the Juco tackle that opted for Florida State over Ohio State when he announced this morning. And my reaction to that was, you know, I can, you know, I can take losing a, a recruit, any recruit, even if he's a guy you could have maybe penciled in to be your starting left tackle next next fall. Uh, to me, the key is retaining Ed Warner, the offensive line coach, who did such a great job this year. Um, you know, putting that line together and having having them be so cohesive and so strong all season long. Um, you know, keeping that guy in that position is way more important than any recruit that you land or don't land. So, he has aspirations to be a head coach. Warner does, as well as Herman and others. Um, but I think if uh, if Meyer can persuade him to to stay and, and uh, you know, hang in in Columbus and, and put off his uh, head coaching aspirations, and that will be a, a much bigger than, than landing any particular recruit. And you know what? Another thing I wanted to talk to you about looking ahead to next year before we start talking about the bowl game coming down is looking at the schedule because that was so much a point of conversation this year and strength of schedule and this, that, and the other thing. Looking ahead to next year, I know they've got they've got Virginia Tech on the schedule. You've got uh, Maryland coming into the Big Ten. You've got, you know, Michigan State will be on the regular season schedule next year. So not that that's, you know, I know that dynamic changes with the playoff, but, you know, come talk to me a little bit just a, a looking ahead, not really getting into specifics about next year's schedule compared to what they played this year. Well, you, you've got, uh, you know, the, the game we're at Navy. Uh, again, that's that's not a game that's going to help your strength of schedule. You've got Cincinnati on the schedule and, and Virginia Tech, too. Two, uh, you know, BCS conference teams that are different from what you had this year in the in the San Diego States and the Florida A and M's and those kinds of things. Uh, and you're right, the Big Ten slate looks a, a little bit tougher because you you have to go to East Lansing for one. Uh, other than that, the Big Ten schedule with Maryland and Rutgers on it, and, and Indiana and Minnesota and Illinois doesn't look particularly daunting. But uh, I think what you have to look at is down the line. Where Ohio State, you know, after 2014, where where the OSU people have have scheduled the the home and aways with you know some very tough teams. They've they've got a home and away with uh, with Oklahoma on the schedule. Uh, farther out into the decade, they've got uh, you know home and aways with uh, with Oregon. 
and, and Texas is, is appearing on the schedule again for our home and home, and home series. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. They, they need to take a backseat to no one in terms of scheduling uh, you know, tough non-conference opponents are early in the season. And you look back at the Miami and USC and Texas series over the last decade and, and ahead to Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, uh, and, and there's a rumor that, uh, that they're about to finalize or, or will soon finalize a home-and-home series with Alabama as well. So uh, they, they, they're not ducking anyone. And, of course, next year the formula changes for everyone uh, because strength of schedule will be more important, not less important. And, um, you know, going, going forward, it's going to be, you know, we're also going to have a, a nine-game Big Ten slate. So instead of four non-conference games, you're going to be playing three. And, and so they're going to matter even more when you've only got three of them. Talking to Dan Wismar, we're into overtime here on the Sports Fix, by the way. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan talking with me. And, you know, let's we're looking ahead ahead. Now let's look at the distant future here. The next thing coming up, bowl games announced. And it's still a BCS bowl game. Obviously not the game that Ohio State and its fans hoped it would be. But you do get an opportunity to go out here. It's going to be an Orange Bowl matchup. You've got Clemson already. People, hey, remembering what happened the last time these two teams met in a bowl game. It's got a, a rather historic uh, connotation to it but you know that's going to be a good opportunity too there for the people that had the questions about Ohio State and what if they would have played this and Clemson was one that people mentioned talking about Florida State so I think there's a lot there plus you know a lot of Browns fans you know Ohio State fans here in the Northeast Ohio area you've got Boyd at quarterback there which is and a watching and rooting interest there for to see as far as draft potential. But there's a lot of intrigue to that matchup. Talk to me just a little bit. We'll get deeper into it later. But, you know, overall, the Orange Bowl matchup, I think that's going to be a good game. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, first of all, Ohio State has more BCS bowl appearances than any other school. This will be the 10th one. I think it's 10, not, I mean, counting 2010. Uh, they, everyone wants it officially at Ohio State. Wants you to believe that they they've unplayed that 2010 season, but uh, you know you and I know that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but uh, so yeah, I think going in they've also won more BCS games six than, than anyone else has. Uh, yeah, I think the Clemson matchup is a good one. Uh, you know, I'm not so sure about you know Clemson is the team that basically everyone hung their hat on to justify. You know the the strength of Florida State's uh, yes. state schedule. Uh, the bloom was a little bit off their rose after they uh, staggered a little bit later in the season. That that win didn't look quite so good uh, after Clemson finished up their season. But yeah, they're they're still in the BCS and they're still a you know a formidable opponent. Uh, as far as the sexiness of the matchup for the Buckeyes, uh, I think maybe a, the preference might have been to to play Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. That might have been uh, gotten people a little bit more excited. I thought but, that uh, was what it was going to be. I like the way that Meyer approached the, the post game. First of all, he was complimentary to his opponent. Uh, he talked about how much he loved his kids and, and uh, you know, said that no matter what, you know, if, we, if they get invited to a big bowl game, that, you know, they're going to get a, a motivated Ohio State team. And he immediately, with his players, started talking up the importance of, of bouncing back from this and having a positive experience in the bowl game. And, he wasn't looking back. He was looking forward. I, I just like the whole approach that Meyer's taken uh, to the season and, and uh, to this loss. Uh, I, I like how he handled it and how he immediately was was talking about his love, his affection for these guys and, and how much he's grown to love them over the course of the season. Last year he said he knew him, but he didn't really know him like he does now. And, and, and uh, they want to come out and, and uh, represent uh, 
on January 3rd and uh, in the Orange Bowl, and, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, it's a good opportunity still to go out there, get you know, make make a statement, especially heading you know heading into the off season there, and go and answer some questions. I agree with you there too. And looking at some of the other matchups, I mean, really, I think the the BCS matchups they they all look pretty good. You know, Alabama and Oklahoma, that's going to be a good one, I think. And uh, you know, I, I'm intrigued by what you said there, dropping that about possibly doing the home and home with Alabama down the road here, because as you said, I mean, obviously you can see with the change in the scheduling here, they they've realized about you know, scheduling these when they can here. But that that's intriguing there because that would be a that would be a good one for sure. Yeah, the other the other point to make, obviously, and we've talked a little bit before about this scheduling thing, is that you can look at Ohio State and see them playing some some lighter weight uh, you know, FBS teams, but then, you know, tell me who doesn't. Tell me who schedules, you know, four AQ BCS conference teams for their non conference opponents. It just doesn't just doesn't happen. I just saw with Bama playing Chattanooga and Georgia Southern and, and teams like that this year, and and the same with Florida State. So it's a it's an everybody does it kind of a thing. Hey J Rock, before I let you, you know get out of here, let, let me uh, comment about McMullen. And uh, I always enjoyed listening to John uh, and you talk about the NFL and yeah. talking about the pass interference rules. If you don't mind, I, I for I'm sure I was going to ask highly you. in favor of the uh, of the 15 yard penalty rule for pass interference in the NFL. I, I can't believe that the most severe personal foul, a head-to-head, you know, contact uh, is worth 15 yards, and yet you can get a 50-yard penalty for pass interference for, you know, putting an arm bar on a receiver. Yes. Uh, you know, to me that makes no sense. And the, the slippery slope argument I'm not is unpersuasive to me. Even today's game, you've got uh, at times defenders committing a penalty on purpose because they know they're burned for a touchdown if they don't grab a hold of a guy as he blows by him. You know, so, so the, the idea that, you know, you're going to have a rash of people committing fouls on purpose uh, because they know the penalty is only 15 yards versus the 40 yards they are downfield. I don't know. I still think it's going to be preferable for any defense to play the ball, knock a pass down, you know, knock the ball away from the receiver rather than give up a 15-yard penalty. To me, the idea is, uh, you know, that it's a slippery slope kind of a thing. It uh, doesn't move me. I think it's crazy that uh, you can pick up a 50-yard penalty for uh, for something that's incidental or incidental contact like that, I just think it needs to be changed. Just wanted to get right. that out there for you. I agree with you 100%. It's like it becomes strategy almost to try to use the – and I know you've got to use the rules. I understand that. You know what I mean? But it's like Bruce just made a great point because this was something else I was going to bring up with Gronkowski going out the way he did yesterday. As soon as it happened, I was telling people at the Harry Buffalo and I said it online to a couple of people in our chat room – that this is what the players have been telling you that by by making it fines and penalties and the way things are for the upper body hits the only alternative you've given players unless you're going to put flags around their waist is to go lower with the hit and when you're moving that fast and you're that big how do you time the difference between you know you know six inches higher or lower you understand what i'm saying like so absolutely they, and it seems like it's sort of been an unspoken agreement between there's no one looks see, you know, uh, guys have been watching football like you and I for a long time. Uh, I hate to see players tackle the shoulder pads, which means that the guy's going to drag you for 10 more yards. I've never seen a player run 10 yards with a tackler wrapped around his ankles. So, you know, we, we long for the days of tackling around the, around the legs uh, because it was more effective than riding a guy down from the shoulder pads uh, for, for 10 or 15 extra yards. That said, you understand why the players have this 
gentleman's agreement between them. I'll go high instead of low. Yeah, it's going to take me 10 yards to get you down to the ground, but I'm not going to end your career over it. Now, you can you can miss a game or two with a concussion. Uh, low hits end careers and, and, and cost players millions of dollars, and, and so it's understandable why they have a preference to go high uh, until the NFL is making it a felony. Right, and so, like, what are guys supposed to do? And I'm not one of these guys that says, you know, I'm not trying to mock the game and say put them in ballet or none of that. I, I get safety. Trust me. I don't want guys to be maimed for people's entertainment because then you're no better than you're back in the days of the Coliseum and the Lions and things like that. But at the same time, what where is the happy medium? And I don't know that I know what the happy medium is either because – if you go high, you've got the head injury issue. You go low and you've got this rash of leg and knee injuries and serious career altering injuries. What what is the all you know, it, it it's a catch twenty two the league has kind of put themselves in here. Yeah, and you're right. And and going back to the pass interference thing, I, I think, you know, forget the, you know, forty and fifty yard penalty issue. I just think it's it's the least consistently called play in, mm-hmm. in all of NFL football. It's, it's maddening. It makes you not be. want to watch the game. Uh, the, the idea is, is promoted by broadcasters constantly that if you're looking back, for, if you're the defender in, in pass coverage and you're looking back for the football, then it doesn't matter what else you're doing with your arms and legs or whatever, That as if you're allowed to mug the receiver while the ball's in the air, as long as you've got your head back turned over your shoulder looking for the ball. It's ridiculous. You, you shouldn't be allowed to grab or armbar or, you know, I'm not saying you can't make any contact, but you can't grab and uh, and hold a receiver while the ball's in the air. It doesn't matter where you're looking. Uh, that, that whole idea that, you know, you, you, it's a free pass to do what you want to as long as you're looking back for the ball. Crazy. I just wish right. they were more consistently called across the league and they, they really need to do something to straighten it out. And uh, I think one of the things they need to do is, is strongly considered just making it a 15 yard penalty. And it's like you said, it's the most subjective call there is because it's, it's in individual interpretation and completely like same official can, can different officials can watch the same play and all of them can have a different idea of how it is. It's that subjective. And when it's say goodbye to your credit card rewards, greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That, that way, when there's no uniformity, how do the players know how to play? Because they may right. play one way one week and get no flags at all, play the next week, and they're getting flagged left and right for the same thing that they did because a different officiating crew is calling a completely different game. Right, and and your guest John McMullen makes a great point too that uh, the NFL 
you know, has, has taken a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, kind of a philosophy to things that, hey, things are going great. There's no crying, you know, outcry out there uh, for change. And, and, and maybe, you know, comments like his and, and other uh, national reporters and shows like yours draw some attention to it and, and make sure that there is an outcry about it, that, that there is dissatisfaction with it. And it is turning people off to the, to the game the way the officiating is going. I agree 100%. And like I said, this isn't just here in Cleveland. This is all over. But you heard what he said. Coaches sending 15 plays from one game in. I mean, at that point, you've got to realize that it's uniform, and we've seen it. And it goes back. It's not even just this season. You know, you can go back last year. You know, remember last year it started out people complaining when you had the, the replacement officials, and then the regular officials came, and their percentages weren't that much better. It's just there's it, a lot it was, of things. It was hard to tell the difference, wasn't it? Right. And, you know, the pass interference thing, though, is just the most subjective penalty. And I know the Browns got bit by it yesterday, which is why it's topical right now. But, you know, it, it was definitely yesterday was a – Yesterday was a marquee day for to show around the league. And as John said, you look at the the reverberations of those games that had, you know, nothing to one game having nothing to do with another affects a different team and their playoff hopes and perhaps that coach gets fired and the whole domino because of the way yesterday afternoon went, for example, between you know, as far as the Miami Dolphins future next few weeks goes. You know, that was a, right. a good example of how one game had completely detached controls the fates of so many other people. You can't have it. Plus it just, people don't want to feel like they're watching something. You know, people say, Oh, well it was rigged yesterday against the Browns. You don't want people feeling that way because it's not healthy for your sport. If they feel that there's not a competitive chance, if they feel that things are crooked, they'll stop watching it. Yeah. And, and let's face it. I think it's a, uh, receive wisdom that, that uh, different quarterbacks around the league get different treatment, and we know and that, that Tom Brady's the Tom Brady's the poster child for that. And uh, you know, we, we know Peyton Manning, of course, too. Um, we watched uh, we watched Cleveland quarterbacks get brutalized for years uh, without getting the, the calls that that these guys get for a uh, a brush against their face mask. So you know, we're used to that. And but you're right; it's unhealthy to have fans questioning it. I don't think it's a conspiracy against the Cleveland Browns. I, I just think it's a uh, an elevation of the important, you know, after the game, the first thing I could think of was, you know, I, the, the loss, as galling as it was, uh, isn't going to bug me as much as the next week worth of hearing about the latest Tom Brady miracle. Right. You know, I, I just, it just makes me ill. So, uh, <laughs> but, but you're dead me, on, you're dead on, Dan. Dan, last night and this morning, you, you watch the little Sports Center recaps of the game, and you you look in the, every national recap of it is Tom does it again, Patriots do it again, miracle comeback in Foxborough. That is not the narrative of the game that you and I watched, and you know that exactly right. Yeah, and and to Belichick's credit, he, he was he said today that Browns outplayed them and outcoached them in every area. I believe was the direct quote from Belichick. So uh, at least he's uh, stepping up to tell the truth. Absolutely, you know, and again, you know, what you said is is perfect. It's not that they're, I'm not going to say that it's again, rigged against Cleveland, but what it is is when it happens in Cleveland, it's not important enough to impact change. It's not going to impact change until it happens in the Super Bowl, until it happens I to saw, Yeah, you're right. I saw lots of the reports about teams. the game, and at and, and, and no time was there mention of a questionable officiating. Just right, you know, 
And I mean, so to people that don't watch the game, I mean, you know, half the, you know, how much of the country didn't get that game cleared yesterday. They watch that little two minutes of the game and they go, wow, Tom Brady did it again. Well, those Patriots and those darn Browns can't win a game and then they blew it again. That is not what happened, but that is, that's the way the story's told and that's the way it's going to be written in the books. But when that happens to, when that happens against the Patriots, well, that might not happen. But when that happens to a marquee team, when that happens in the Super Bowl, when that happens to a money team, New York, L.A., something like that, all of a sudden, then things get changed. And not when it happens in Cleveland. That's just the reality of it. That's right. I'll, I'll be happy if they revisit Pat's interference and try yes. to do something to... Uh... To make that situation right. I think they will. I think there's been enough spotlight on that around the league that I do think you'll see some adjustment. They'll either adjust what the penalty is or they'll adjust what the what the penalty for the penalty is, you know? Yeah, and, and really just what kind of uh, liberties a defensive back right. is allowed to take uh, with a receiver with the ball in the air and, and what he's not allowed to take. That, to me, is the where the inconsistency lies, but somehow uh, you know you're magically absolved of anything you do as long as you're looking back for the football it seems crazy to me but i am going to end it with this and i said this yesterday on the post game and some of you out there might think i'm crazy now i've said it kind of all year now i still think browns fans are going to point back to this season point back to 2013 as that transition year i really do believe that a few years from now you'll look back and go that was when things started turning around because i'm telling you you can see I, I know, I know you're four and nine, but that you can see what this team has got. You can see that they still need to fill holes, but I'm talking about the overall level of where this team at. I'm telling you, 2013 is going to be the turning point, even if we have to suffer through the next few weeks and get to the to the off season. I think that the destination is still going to end up where we want it. I think you're right. I, I can feel that, and I can see the competitiveness. I see the talent level of the team. Right. Uh, increasing and, and you know, everybody's going to be looking forward to this particular draft but uh yeah i, I think you're right i i you know i i've only missed two browns home games since 1999 i'm i'm there and i can you know so i'm talking to fans all the time and they're sitting in the seats and and I, I think they can feel it too i think that's the general sense of it where we've gone for a lot of years with uh, a, a sort of a hopelessness about it uh, i do feel a uh a positive energy and a, and a positive momentum for us. So uh, we got that to hang our hat on for the long, cold winter. And I'm telling you, if you're out there right now saying we're crazy or we're homers, that's fine. I get why you feel that way, but I'm, I promise you, unless I'm just don't know anything, and I, I think I'm at least right about this, a few years from now you will look back and go, you know what, that really was the, the kind of transition year between what was and hopefully what will be. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. He's with us every Monday, every Wednesday. We're talking Buckeyes and so much more. Matter of fact, on what you know, when the season's over, I just want you to keep coming out. You got Tuesdays with Maury. We'll have Wednesdays with Wismar. We'll just talk about whatever, you know, but most definitely. Hey, that sounds, uh, that sounds good, Derek. I look forward to it. I'll, I'll catch up with you next time. Absolutely. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. He's with us, like I said, Mondays and Wednesdays. We'll talk a little more about that Orange Bowl matchup coming up with Clemson and who knows what else Wednesday when he joins us. Hey, we're going to take our last break, come back and wrap things up, giving away a T-shirt from GVArtwork.com. Don't go away. We're wrapping up the Sports Fix next, right here on the Sports Fix. <laughs>
according to the sports fix. If you want to be my lover. Hey guys, as we hit the break, just want to mention the Sports Fix, of course, proud to be partners with Harry Buffalo in North Olmsted, home of each and every Browns game day Sunday, the Sports Fix, broadcasting pre-game, post-game, and halftime shows live in the house. We're giving away prizes, doing some trivia contests, having a great time each and every Browns game. Whether they win or lose on the field, everybody's a winner because we have a party each and every Browns game at the Harry Buffalo North Olmsted. Don't forget as well, they've got Coors Light College game day Saturdays. Get all your Buckeye action. Their great drink specials on Sundays. Those hair of the dog pitchers are only $10, and that right there turns a bad day and a frown upside down. All of that, Monday Night Football, your favorite Browns players watching the game with you, and so much more. The Harry Buffalo North Olmstead, just outside Great Northern Mall. We'll see you there for each and every Browns game. Don't forget, Harry Buffalo, proud sponsor of the Sports Fix. Join the herd. It's an addiction. The Sports Fix will be right back. Have you gotten your copy of Cleveland's Finest yet? Highlighting the best moments, players, and media members in Cleveland sports history? He won it! Elo hit a three-pointer on the sideline! In-depth, personal interviews with some of the top names in Cleveland sports fill the pages of this incredible book. Cleveland's Finest by Vince McKee is this year's must-have book for every Cleveland sports fan. Available now at Amazon.com. Just in time for the holidays. This is your home run present. Why did I come back here, back to Cleveland, as a manager? It's more than about being a manager. I came home to a city that is familiar. I spent the first six years of my life here, going to the stadium almost every day with my dad, cheering for the tribe, cheering for Cleveland. This is a town that doesn't give up. A lot like being a player, being a Cleveland sports fan takes resilience. The passion is real, the fans are real. Cleveland is a tribe town. This is a baseball town. Sports Fix. Who's this? My name is Optimus Prime. Mr. Prime, we appreciate your call. Tell me, what do you think about the Sports Fix? There's more to them than meets the eye. The Fix is in. It's the Sports Fix. Three, four, all this energy calling me. told you guys we're not presiding over a funeral here it might have been a tough weekend but hey you know what cleveland rocks that's all that matters it don't matter listen man we're tough i say it all the time you got to be a tough mamma jamma to be from cleveland weekends like this show you why but you know what check it out are you listening right now are you sitting here right now you're you're right you're good you pinch yourself you're still alive you're still breathing still got your roof over your head hopefully although if you don't i don't know how you're listening to the show but Hopefully, you still got your job. Again, if not, sorry about that. Not trying to rub it in, but you get my point here. Kids are still around. Everything's still good. You still owe the mortgage on the first. I mean, so, end of the day, take it for what it is. And and really, seriously, Browns fans, I, I'm telling you, uh, you, could, you should feel better coming out of yesterday's loss than you could coming out of uh, most of the other ones this season. That's for sure. And perhaps that changes the way that 
things, you know, play out the last few weeks. But it was a tough 72 hours. It was up and down, but we came back here. We had some fun. We talked about it together. That's what we do here. Welcome back into the Sports Fix. J-Rock with you guys, wrapping things up. Final few minutes of the show here. I guess let's end things on an up note. Let's give away a GV Artwork t-shirt all week long. People have been sharing our content and telling people to listen to the show. And now I'm getting ready to dig in the hopper. And if you don't win today, don't forget... As soon as we're done, you can tell somebody else to listen, tag us in it. You'll get your name in next week. But right now, I am getting ready to dig in the hopper. I am getting ready to pull out a winner, Daddy, right now for this week's GV Artwork t-shirt. And our winner is Michael Walker. Michael Walker, congratulations if you're listening right now. Congratulations to you. If you're not, I will find you. You're a Facebook follower. I will find you on Facebook, and I will let you know how you can get the T-shirt of your choice. You've won it from us, gvartwork.com. Don't forget, too, if you go Christmas shopping with gvartwork.com, save 10%. Nothing worse or nothing better than saving money. Save 10%. Just put in the sales code fix on your way out. Automatically save 10%. All right, guys. We're going to hit the break again. Congratulations, Michael Walker. That hopper is now open. You can win the GV Artwork t-shirt of your choice next Monday when we do it again. Tomorrow, we're going to do the Tuesday thing. That means, of course, Jeff Gorman from Indians101.com is with us, and we'll talk about the winter meetings going on right now. There's a lot of rumors around the Indians. Let's see if anything comes to fruition. Jeff Gorman's with us tomorrow. Dr. Football, Bill Chekis is with us to talk about the Browns, the Patriots here. We'll get his take on things, talk about the whole NFL slate. Doug Plagans, voice of the Monsters, is going to set the stage for the Monsters' first outdoor game in their franchise history in Rochester later this week. All of that, your calls and takes and so much more. Where else? But right here, same bat time, same bat channel, live at noon on the sportsfix.net, streaming on Spreaker and Mixler and their mobile apps. And, of course, all of you listening 24 hours a day on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. We'll see you tomorrow at noon, live. Whatever you do tonight, have a great night, Cleveland. Love what you're doing. Hey, go Cowboys! Shut down Josh McCown and Brandon Marshall and put me and Vashon in our fantasy playoffs. We'll be here tomorrow to talk about it all. We love you, Cleveland. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Have a good one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.